Welcome to Therefore. This is the podcast that looks at truths in the Bible and simply asks why they are therefore. Why has God revealed truths to us and how do they apply to our daily lives? For the most part, it'll be simple explanations on small portions of scripture, but from time to time, I may have interviews with missionaries and pastors and will comment on current events as they relate to God's word. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Therefore. The verse that I'm going to be focusing things on today comes from the book of Proverbs, as many have done so far. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 13, it says, The slothful man saith, There is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. Now, the theme from that verse that I want to draw upon is the theme of uh, excuses. Making excuses can seem like a petty thing at times, but it is a a very serious problem. If we uh, begin at the start um, with our spiritual life and and think, if I make excuses, if I say, well, I know I've, I've done some things that are wrong, but it's because of the society in which I live. Or if I say, yeah, I know stealing was wrong, but it's because I'm poor and, and it's the only way I could get stuff. Or if I say, yeah, I know I've got a bad attitude, but it's because uh, the way I was raised, my parents, you know, if I say, no, I'm, I'm not very um, educated, it's because I had bad teachers. So long as I make excuses, I'm, I'm never going to accept my own responsibility and my own accountability in these things, which is a, a subject we'll return to in a, a week or so, but I'm never going to change it. Uh, take education, for example. If I say, well, I had a bad teacher and so um, I'm just not very educated. Well, at that point where I realize that I'm not very well educated, I can then say, well, I'm going to make a change. I- I'm going to seek out someone who can, at the very least, teach me to read. Uh, and if I already know how to read, well, then in the day and age in which we live, uh, there's really no barrier to, to learning virtually anything. Um, if we look at uh, spiritual things, if I blame all my sin on others provoking me or mistreating me or not allowing me the best set of circumstances that I think I deserve, well, I'm, ne- I'm never going to repent. If I never come to the point where I say, you know what, I've done wrong, I've sinned, I'm the one to blame, and so God, I'm asking you to forgive me because there's no one else to forgive for my sins apart from myself, if I never reach that point, then I'm never going to repent, I'm never going to get saved, and excuses can lead me right to the doors of hell and all the way through. So making excuses is a a big problem, and uh, the, the writer of Proverbs there makes it clear. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. Uh, excuses are made in, in so many arenas uh, that we just need to be aware of those times when we're saying, well, I'm not to blame, it's it's someone else. We need to stand up and say, you know what, this is my family. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm going to be the member of my family that I ought to be. In my instance, the husband I should be, the father I ought to be, the son I ought to be. Uh, It's not good enough for me to say, well, my family would be better if my children obeyed better, or my my, uh, relationship, uh, my marriage would be better if my wife was better. Uh, At some point, every individual has to say, 
my responsibility is to do what I can. Now, uh, you know, I've got to say, I've got no complaints in, in my family. I'm very blessed. In the workplace, if we look around and say, well, if the manager was better, if my employees were better, if my colleagues were better, well, then we're never going to stand up and do what we ought to do. Uh, so we need to get rid of the excuses. We need to stand up and take responsibility for what we can do and just get on with the task at hand. So there are some free thoughts. And uh, now we're going to move on to the official 300 words on the theme of making excuses. Proverbs 22 verse 13 tells us, The slothful man saith, There is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. My pastor repeatedly taught me three maxims many years ago. Get there before the other man, work harder than the other man, stay later than the other man. He repeated them to the point that when I suspected the subject of work may come up, I would start hearing these words in my mind before he said them. At the time, I found it frustrating. But over the last 25 years, I've come to appreciate them more and more. The slothful man will pour all his energy into creating excuses to not work. He fears the imaginary dangers outside his door, but ignores the monster of his own laziness. While the result of work may put him in the path of danger, the fruit of his apathy will absolutely bring destruction. People today, as always, make excuses to avoid hard work or any work. Employers constantly bemoan the tendency of employees who do not arrive for work or waste time when they should be earning their wage. If many were as creative in their labor as they are in their effort to avoid work, they would be infinitely better off. One problem is the perception that the priority of work is to earn. While we must work to live, there is a deeper necessity for work. God has created us to work. Adam and Eve were commanded to tend to the garden not as a punishment, but as an act of obedience, and hence an act of worship. Another important motivation is personal responsibility. We must accept that society owes us nothing and we are responsible for our own success. As soon as I stop making excuses, recognize a divine purpose behind work, and take personal responsibility, then I will find a joy and a degree of success otherwise impossible. Beginning today, I want to introduce a new segment to uh, the Therefore podcast. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of devotional books over the years to help me as I study God's Word and help me as I develop a, an attitude of worship. Uh, sometimes when you get up in the morning and begin to read the Word, it it helps to have something to almost act as a primer, something just to, to get us started. And, and devotional books can be very good in that way, not to replace God's Word, but as a supplement to it. Uh, there are many good ones. C.H. Burgeon's checkbook, I think, is very good. Um, uh, there are friends of mine who've enjoyed Streams in the Desert, and, you know, the list could go on. But I think my favorite has to be by uh, the, the pastor and theologian and writer, um, Sidlow Baxter. Sidlow Baxter uh, is from the, the same country as, as I am, and he was, uh, I guess, one of the first um, very, very good... Uh, dispensational uh, theologians, uh, and there were many good dispensational teachers and, and preachers before him, of course. But I think he he really helped to uh, systematize things, and others who followed, I think, have improved upon him uh, even more. But uh, I just enjoy the way he teaches and preaches. And although the recordings of his online are, are few, uh, 
Uh, they're all uh, really a great blessing. And his devotional book, Awake My Heart, is is one I've enjoyed because he, he manages to blend good teaching with uh, a devotional approach. And so uh, beginning today, I want to share a quote from uh, one of his writings, and then I may comment upon it or I may just leave it as it is. Uh, but one of the reasons I like Sidlow Baxter is his approach to scripture. It's it's the therefore approach. Uh, he would have used the, the hermeneutic, the, the system for interpreting the scriptures that is, is referred to as the, you know, it's a dispensational hermeneutic. It's the uh, historical, grammatical, literal hermeneutic, or literal, historical, grammatical is the, the, the better order to say it in. But it's taking God's word at face value. It's letting God's word be its own commentary. Uh, we read a portion of scripture and then we ask, why is it therefore? And uh, the the conclusions that he comes to are because of that very simple hermeneutic. Uh, as an aside, I think that's why sometimes the some of the theological positions that he would maintain and that I would hold to are looked down upon as being too simplistic. Uh, they're the positions that the uneducated uh, would hold to, which is a criticism that some have uh, leveled. And it's because we look verse in the Bible and say, well, why is it therefore? Well, what does it mean? And the uh, the truth that we take is a very simple truth. But with that said, it doesn't mean that there is no uh, intellectual attainment to it. There's no depth. Uh, there's no uh, beauty in, in the the detail that can be drawn from it. it far from it. Uh, one of the great messages of J. Sidlow Baxter is on the, the, the theme of the, the Lamb in Scripture. And he takes ten prominent mentions of the Lamb of God uh, going from Genesis through to Revelation and just paints this beautiful picture of the uh, revelation of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God all the way through God's Word. And, and Anyway, a great Bible teacher. And so I want to share one of his quotes today and I'll do that from now on uh, on a regular basis. But the first one I want to share with you uh, is this. So a quote by Siddler Baxter. He writes, I have said it many a time, and I'm sure of it than ever, that the life and death issue of Christianity is the inspiration and authority of the Bible. So J. J. Sidlow Baxter there was convinced uh, 60, 70 odd years ago that the life and death issue of Christianity is the inspiration and authority of the Bible. There are those who believe God's word is inspired, but they question its authority. Or they believe that it has some authority, but they have no conviction over its inspiration, and so they pick and choose what they want to believe. And his assessment has proven to be very true. Uh, how much better would so many churches be if they were fully convicted of the truth that God's Word is inspired and it is authoritative? We wouldn't pick and choose those bits that we find uh, palatable and reject the others. We wouldn't find churches going off the deep end and and uh, engaging in all kinds of uh, foolishness as they often do because they don't believe that God's word has the uh, ability to convict hearts and so they try to bring in entertainment and they try to bring in cleverness uh, as far as uh, you know man is concerned if we dispense with the inspiration and the authority of God's word then really we're left with nothing other than a, a very uh, moral social club 
And that's not what the world needs. The world needs uh, God's church, a church which is set apart, sanctified, uh, empowered by God, and is taking stands because they believe that their founding uh, document, you may say, the, 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 the document that gives them their guiding principles uh, and, and outlines everything they should believe and do, uh, is the Word of God. And if you take that away, then really you, you don't have the church anymore. And so uh, God help us to um, have a, an approach to the Scripture that looks at it as being inspired, authoritative, and gives us the confidence to walk away and say, well, the Bible says this, and therefore I will believe, and consequently I will act in this way. Thank you for listening to another episode of Therefore, the podcast that looks at simple truths in God's Word and asks why they are therefore. How does the revelation of God and His truth impact our daily lives? If you've enjoyed it, then please share it with your friends. And thank you for listening.